On this week's full-time roundup, it's all about the cup. Plus, some leagues are returning, and we break down some of the big storylines. As always, give you predictions on Thursday. Full-time roundup starts right now. And welcome into the latest edition of the full-time roundup midweek episode Thursday prediction show. Daniel Brackett with me as always. Matt Gesselin here in the big boy chair. Daniel, Thursday, almost end of the week. Sunny. We had a pretty gnarly storm come through yesterday, but uh, today was an absolute bluebird day here in the Queen City. It was, it was, you know, after all that rain, sometimes you need a little sun. So thankful it kind of warmed up today, even though this uh, cold front's coming in. I'm not enjoying it, but, you know, I'll take sunlight whenever I can get it. Take sunlight. This is not the Weather Channel, so that'll be your weather update for us. Uh, Of course, Daniel, though, there was some, not only rain here in Charlotte, but some rain on the pitch. Your tears. I don't necessarily want to get into this here, but of course (laughs) we'll talk about the Carabao cup to start. There was two matches, two semifinals. Of course, the Carabao cup is going to be two legged uh, a home and away here in this year. It will change going forward. Next year will be single elimination and boy, Chelsea are thankful that this year is two legs because Daniel, let me tell you that was absolutely horrendous. Uh, in case you don't know the result or can't tell by the sound of my voice, Chelsea go to Middlesbrough and lose 1-0 on the road against a mid-table championship side. Uh, I don't know how you want to tee me up to rant here. I can just rant if I want, but I am obviously pretty pretty bummed, uh, pretty upset, pretty very nice adjectives that could be escalated to a lot higher here. Uh, but it was a very, very disappointing night. And again, like I said, luckily we get to go home to Stanford bridge for the second leg and hopefully take care of business. But boy, that was, that's really, really unfortunate and disgusting of a loss. It is. And what did I say on Sunday? You know, put a couple results together and then we can talk about, you know, your, your, Chelsea being in sixth place in the Premier League and you know starting to gain some ground and then another step back like like they always do it seems this season which is very frustrating cloudy with the chance of Matthews tears um you know Carrick Ball on the other hand Middlesbrough you know they have two guys drop like within 15 minutes and they put the some subs on in with the championship mid-tier this is a Middlesbrough that was the bottom of the championship to start the season and has climbed all the way to the, not the top of the table, but they're almost in playoff contention. You know, Michael Carrick's a fantastic coach. You know, he might be the only England generational player from that generation that actually might be a decent football manager. And you know what? He showed it today, or I guess a couple days ago against Chelsea, but yes, please do your ranting. I mean, yes, it was great that they did all this and and they got a, a, a great counterattacking goal off a pretty poor defensive play from, you know, just kind of all around all the players and it just came out of nowhere. Of course, you know, Cole Palmer probably changes the entire game. If he, if he puts that ball in the net, that was a bad minute mark. And then literally almost right down the field, they go and they score that goal right after that and changes the entire complexion of the game. He missed another opportunity late in the half as well. After a, a mishap by the goalie, if you want to call it a howler, I don't know. He got away with it. So it's not really a howler. But another golden opportunity there. I think it could have been four nil Chelsea at the first half. Uh, if if 
you know, if they put away the first goal. And again, against the middles, Middlesbrough team, credit to them. They fought hard. They they got that counterattacking goal as you expect. But had any of those goals gone in early, this game is completely different. Uh, it's regardless, Daniel. Uh, you know, you're looking at 900 billion. You know, 900 million, but it feels like 900 billion. <laughs> it does feel like it. <laughs> 900 million dollars spent on a roster, and Middlesbrough, I think, was 68 million for their entire squad. So just the the scale and and comparisons between the talent on the field was absolutely night and day. And no matter what, going down one nil, this game should have still been three four one at at worst. Um, and and ultimately, the worst of worst possible result came about it. You're hearing a lot of rumblings now at this point. What is the side? What is the picture? What is the direction Mauricio Pochettino wants to take this side? We're now six months into this process or project, however you want to define it, and, and the team doesn't look any different um, to what it was under a manager like Graham Potter. So you have to question, you know, is is there a real structural problem um, at Chelsea, and, and is it just a manager? problem or is it player you just have to look at it holistically from top to bottom you know where where does it come how does it how does it manifest and uh you know i think myself included i've tried to give you know poach some time to to kind of get things and write the ship but if you lose to a side like Murdersboro, there's you better win this next leg at home and you better win it big because if if chelsea win 2-1 or 1-1 on penalty and advance on penalties or some bullshit like that you're really getting, you know, kind of dire there. And and not to be outdone, they have a game against Fulham on the weekend who's going to be out for, you know, for revenge after losing to Liverpool the way they did. So this could be a real, real dire next couple of weeks here for Chelsea if they don't get their act together quickly. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And you mentioned that that Fulham-Chelsea game. I think that's going to be a cracker of a match. Um, and kind of rolling into Fulham, uh, I thought they played really well against us in the Carabao Cup yesterday. Uh, you know, they go up one um, goal early and then, you know, kind of like the game they last played a, a couple months ago, they kind of just collapse late. And when they collapse, boy, do they collapse. So I, I'm still really impressed with how Fulham play and set up. To be fair, Liverpool played more of a B lineup against an A Fulham and still got the victory at Anfield. Um, it was a little bit more scrappier than I really wanted to, but I tweeted something out on the account. Um, <clears throat> earlier today and it was basically just stating that Jurgen Klopp I mean he's regarded as one of the best football managers in the world and one of his big big tweaks that people have always had especially at Liverpool was just his use of substitutions and he used to just sob guys in and they would completely kill the rhythm of the match and he would just do weird substitutions weird times stuff like that but the one thing that has been our saving grace this year is our subs. Every single time he subs on a player, they end up scoring or having a significant impact into the game. And he brought on Darwin Nunez and Gakpo, and you know Nunez just rattles off two assists immediately. Gakpo gets a goal, and this is a a trend. You know, you see it with Diogo Jota. Usually Darwin doesn't come off the bench, but Cody Gakpo has been fantastic off the bench. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from the squad. Connor Bradley, the the academy kid. Um, looked fantastic at right back, you know, replacing Trent, one of the, arguably the most informed players in the world right now. Uh, that's no easy task, and he just looks like such a complete player. So I'm a little bit less worried about our defensive frailties at the moment, but, you know, we do have 10 days off, and hopefully we can get healthy in that time frame. 
Yeah, I will say the only thing that you know concerns me here, and again, I feel like it's pretty comfortable to say Chelsea will advance, given everything I just said. Again, it's a championship side going back to Stamford Bridge. You would expect them to win that leg at home and, and kind of you know win the aggregate. I will say though, Daniel, the Liverpool game. You know, you're a little concerned uh, if you don't put a third goal in the net if you're Liverpool going to Fulham for the second leg, a Premier League side. So it's a little different situation than Chelsea playing a championship side and Fulham are an entirely different team at home. You know, I think there's still still a chance here. Uh, you know, I, sure. I'm not saying this just because of you, you and your Liverpool ways, but there's genuinely a, a chance that Fulham could get a result and, and advance to the final. You know, I think, like I said, they've, they've shown it, you know, they've played well, they've played tough teams at home um, and, and they've played well at home. And, and if they can get a result, you know, on, a, on any given day, any team in the Premier League can beat another Premier League team, even the championship side can beat a Premier League team as we just saw. So I think there's, there's some concern there. If you'd put another one in, 3-1 going into that second leg. I think you're a little bit more at ease. Um, but I do think it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to go as far as say an upset is going to happen. It's going to be Fulham versus Chelsea in the final. But I think it's going to be a little bit more of a difficult task, a little bit sweatier palms for Liverpool fans uh, in the second leg than it probably should have been. No, I, I, could, I can get behind that. I mean, one of the – I mean, there's few teams that I don't like playing, but how Fulham made me feel the first time around, I was kind of wary about this match, uh, to be honest. Like, I, I sometimes get a, a gut feeling that it's going to be, you know, not a walk in the park. And so sometimes that's off. Sometimes I'm kind of I'm, – I'm pretty spot on with that. And that, you know, we, we kind of got lucky in this match a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. Thank God we have that 10-day rest because, you know – we, I can't remember who we play right out of the break, but we play someone that's not great, and then we play, you know, Fulham midweek, and then we play the winner of Norwich and, like, I think Bristol Rovers. So at least Klopp can more rotate in the Saturday game and play the full strength at Craven Cottage. So that makes me feel a little bit better just about where how we're going to, you know, show up for that match. But all in all, it's been a, it's been a great Carabao Cup so far. I love having, you know, Middlesbrough, in, in the semifinals here, um, just, you know, see, we, we, we love the cup because, you know, we want the underdogs to succeed here. So just kind of real quick, just going to hit on, you know, another cup, the Coppa Italia, um, La Viola, Fiorentina win in penalties against, you know, my darling Bologna. Both teams had a bunch of, you know, opportunities, but, you know, it just happened to come down to penalties and football can be a very cruel game. Do you have any, do you want to do quick rapid fire here? Or do you have any uh, comments on these? You hate to see penalties decide something like this. Of course, um, you know, it happens more times than not, especially in the cup. Um, you know, it, it's one of those games and, and we're, we've talked about Bologna now that drew it against uh, Genoa the other day. And, and so you're wondering kind of, is that steam running out uh, for, for that side? Of course, they're sitting fourth in the table, uh, but they go up against a team that arguably they're playing and competing against for that fourth place, and, the, and they lose um, and as well, right, coming out of a draw against a, a lesser opponent. So you kind of wonder, like I said, are they running out of gas? And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. They get Atalanta, uh, Fiorentina, that is, in the semifinal, uh, who, who, of course, uh, Daniel, we thought that Pioli was on his way back, uh, and this would have <laughs> been a nice way for them to kind of get two consecutive wins in a row. And like I said, Atalanta goes in and wins 2-1. Uh, Christian Pulisic with a nice assist, but uh, no, not enough. Uh, and, and then, of course, in the other matchup, you're going to have Lazio versus Juventus. Uh, you know, never an uninteresting game uh, when Lazio and Roma play. 
three red cards, including Jose Classic. Mourinho. Classic. Uh, and and Lazio get a 1-0 win there to advance. So you have some pretty big matchups in, in the semifinals. Uh, of course, I would imagine most Italian sides would have preferred AC Milan um, in, in there instead of Atalanta. But you know, for that potential final of of uh, Milan versus Juventus, but you're still going to get a good matchup in 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 Coppa Italia uh, and and an interesting final uh, out of either of the top four teams that are left. Yeah, you mentioned that Atalanta Milan game. Milan go up first by a beautiful you know sprinting run by uh, Hernandez down the wing right to Leal who just puts in the back of the net. But you know, they're Pioli's testing out. Uh, their back line's very injured at the moment, so he he tested out an academy kid who ended up giving up the penalty for the for the game winner, and they switched off before half. So just really bad defensive mistakes are are costing Milan and a little bit stale up front, I would say. So you know we'll we'll keep we always talk about Pioli and where he stands right now, but he can't keep losing at home. That's rule number one. So it'll be interesting to a development to keep. Um, real quick, you know, Rob. I will say we we are pretty we do speak highly on Mourinho on the show and I mean his record against Lazio is is pretty bad so I feel like we at least you know as much as we we praise him there is some concerns in that Roma camp how they set up that game was I mean you could have slept for eight hours Matt watching that game I mean it was so boring and I would have anti football almost really how how Mourinho set up his team so pretty disappointing from there and then just real quick with Juve Frosione that just ended 30 minutes ago Weston McKinney two assists world class assist too I mean he is probably the most informed American other than maybe Christian Pulisic right now and our boys are flourishing in Italy so I love to see it yeah, just keep in mind it's Frizzioni, so let's not get too crazy over the top here. But a very oh, nice crazy. assist, nonetheless. Nonetheless, very nice. Of course, like I said, Pulisic, you know, sets up the goal yesterday for for AC Milan too. So yeah, definitely a good sight to see the boys playing well, especially ahead of Copa America in the summertime. You hope they can continue to keep form and kind of building on that. Of course, Daniel. Keeping with the theme of the cup, uh, it was cup, cup, cup all week. Uh, so as Super Cup de España, which of course naturally Desaudi. was played in Saudi Arabia. Uh, go figure. Uh, we had a absolute classic of a match yesterday versus the two Madrid sides, Real Madrid versus Atleti. 5-3 was the final. Who would have saw that coming from that matchup? But not only was it 5-3, it was 3-3 going into extra time. And Daniel, there were some great goals. There were some poor goals. There were some historic goals. It had everything in this matchup, and it was what you wanted to see. Of course, these two sides will play each other again in a week's time in Copa del Rey as well. So, uh, you know, just as if that wasn't good enough, we get a, an instant rematch of this one in no time at all. Game of the week, without a doubt, Matt. I mean, you have one, two, three, four, five defenders score, one own goal, in, including that five. You know, you have you have Raheem Diaz sprinting, outrunning O Block for for a goal, and <laughs> O Block had like a twenty yard head start, which was so funny to watch. You could kind of see it unfold, like, oh, is he going to beat him there or not? But I mean, what a match this was! And we always talk about Simeone is kind of like Mourinho, where he likes the more defensive setup. But it, this match could not been more of the opposite, and. It was it was a really great match to watch, and other than you know the fact that it's in Saudi Arabia, 
the Spanish fans could not enjoy it being in person, unfortunately. But, you know, Ancelotti is Simeone's daddy at this point. I mean, they he completely owns that rivalry here. And it's going to be interesting to see if they rattle off another one in a couple of weeks. But I do want to get to, you know, one of your favorite players. You know, I see him right plastered on the wall. I can't remember what those used to be in America where you put the player on the wall. But I see it right behind Grizu, all-time Atletico Madrid scorer. Don't know exactly what the figure is, but the fact that he started at Sociedad, went to Barcelona for a little hiatus, and then came back and still the top scorer with, you know, great company. Just speak on Grizu for a second. Yeah, I, I kiss my Grizu fat head every night before I go to bed, head, thank you. Uh, as well as rub the bald head of uh, Pep Guardiola. So everyone gives me a hard time for both of those. So we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, no, he he is fantastic. I think I've said it to a few people you you included, you know, in the last 18 months. So even, you know, pre-World Cup, I think he might be one of the best players on the planet right now. Just the way that he plays, you know, he, he definitely plays better than the team he's on. Uh, it's been a weird run for him. Uh, you know, the you mentioned the sides that he was at, you know, Real Sociedad to start things off. Of course, his stint at Barcelona didn't really take off like we thought it would. And he's found a home and he's he's really flourished. I think it's 175 goals for Atleti, uh, which he's not a striker by nature. You know, he he's kind of in that, you know, more of that 10 position. And so to to have that type of tally is is pretty remarkable. Uh, of course, he he drives France at, at, at every tournament that they play in and every appearance he makes. And he's always first first on the roster. First 11, you know, Didier Deschamps, first name on this team sheet, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, and so it's interesting because he's never played for a French side as well, you know, which uh, which I think is is probably one of those one of those weird things that, of course, doesn't happen. It doesn't always have to be a requirement, but you would have thought he would have at least at some point in his career played for a French side. But uh, again, he's made a home, uh, a great home in, in Madrid. Uh how long he plays there we've we've talked about it a little bit the rumors of him wanting to come in and, and join mls in the future of course he's, he's getting up there in age probably you know one more cycle of, of the euros this summer and, and, the, and maybe 26 uh for the world cup and and who knows from there so uh, yeah i mean can't speak higher than this of this guy and like i said just world class at, at every level you know that turn he 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 undressed Luka Modric with that turn and uh you know that's not easy to do and then and he puts the ball behind Kepa and, and scores an absolute beauty to to break the the you know the record and what a way to do it from a a, a classy player undressed I like that that's like a Roy Hodgson I don't know if you got that you know from his artillery or not but I, I did like that now just uh real quick just before we move on to Griezmann I'm these, this is like one of the players, you know, that you'll see on Twitter and it'll be like, the streets will never forget. I think he's that kind of legacy guy because, you know, <clears throat> he his so his silverware cabinet's pretty, pretty solid with, you know, national team especially. But, you know, it's a shame that he'll o- always be overshadowed by Kylian Mbappe because, I mean, he's the guy who's played the most consecutive games for France ever. You know, he's arguably the first name other than Killian on, on, on the team sheet. And he was crucial to Didier Deschamps. He's been crucial to Diego Simeone. And I, I hate that his Barca stint didn't work out because I think a messy list Barca, he would have elevated that team. You know, you can't have two of those kind of players on one team. I mean, it's historically speaking, you probably can't, but just in that setup, it, it just wasn't working. So I hope that Griezmann has done enough to, you know, maintain that, a legend of the game status. And I think him breaking that record was a, a big step in that right direction. I mentioned 
Griezmann stint at Barcelona, you know, his ex-team also was in this tournament against Osasuna, finished up around an hour ago. Um, 2-0 win for Barca. They keep churning out these scrappy wins. Still not convincing. Lewandowski finally scores uh, in two consecutive games since the first time since September. Thank you, commentator. And haven't heard this name in a while, Lamine Yamal scores. Still not convinced with Xavi, but any thoughts on this match? You know, there was a time not too long ago when Barcelona was a really fun watch. And, and you just, you wanted to turn on the television when they were playing to see what they were going to do. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't that long ago, even last season, I would say was kind of in that area. You know, you could have maybe at the end of it, but right now, Daniel, they do not look inspired to play football. They are just going through the motions. We've talked about it before with them, how they just kind of ho-hum it for 60 minutes and then they'll turn on the gas and, and get that winner or the equalizer because they've given up an early goal. And that's kind of where they're at. It's an interesting situation there. I don't know if it's the manager's fault, if they're not receptive to his message, or if the players are, you know, in a weird state. Of course, Rafinha can't stay healthy. He comes off as a substitute for, of course, Lamine Mal, who gets the, the, you know, the goal late. Uh, Lewandowski gets kind of back on track a little bit, like you said, two consecutive games. But still, this is not the Barcelona that you're expecting to see. It's not the Barcelona we want to see. It's not the Barcelona that we should see. And so, you know, they're they're currently nine points back, I believe, in in the table for for La Liga. Let's let's take that out. They're not going to win that. Uh, you know, they're, they're I think it may be seven points. Excuse me. Either way, they're not coming back from that the way that they're playing right now. And, and I think you're looking at a, a game against Napoli in not too short a period of time in the Champions League that you thought was a little bit more easy to get through right now. I do not feel comfortable saying that Barcelona is going to win that tie. And that's just a a real Testament to where this team has fallen in the last five months. Yeah. I think uh, you're, you couldn't be more spot on. I feel like we're on the same wavelength today, which is, which is pretty nice. But um, yeah, I mean, even last year with with Xavi ball, they won because they had the, the most stout defense in the entire league, but now, when I think of Barcelona, I think of, you know, 2013, Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, you know, those players, and they just played such an attractive brand of football under Pep, Valverde, um, you know, even Kike a little bit. And this, I just think that they're, they're like you said, they're uninspired. And, you know, there's no movement on the field. And, yes, they're missing Gavi. Yes, they're, you know, Pedri's finally getting back to health. Yes, they're missing Kinsella right now. They're missing guys. But, I mean, this is Barcelona we're talking about. This is one of the richest – best teams in the world you got to have depth and I, I just didn't see any runs in behind Lewandowski I've never seen a player drop off so fast as he has he was utterly useless this entire match until he popped up with a with a good goal thank god Gundogan's in that team and they they got him last summer because he's been the reason they're probably in what third or fourth right now but yeah it's it's weird times and I'm sure even with this win against uh Osasuna Barcelona fans are probably still not happy and I, I'm not I'm not very bullish on them. I think Madrid could give them a real, real humbling in that Super Cup of Final. Yeah, and of course, you know, you had them as super squad going forward. Uh, boy, have maybe the kiss of death there. Uh, but it'll be maybe. interesting. You know, they're they're still, you know, of course, Pedri sounds like he's coming back. You know, Frankie De Jong 
potentially could be back soon, uh, you know, more more regularly. I think he's in and out of the lineup right now. Just, you know, like I said, Rafina can't stay healthy. So, you know, there is still hope there, Daniel. Again, I don't foresee them catching Girona or Real Madrid the way they're playing. Did confirm it is seven points back in the table right now. And, you know, they get they get a 2-0 win over 12th place Osasuna, and it really just didn't seem, you know, too convincing. And, and Daniel, you know, this was one of those things – these, this is one of the, the sides, excuse me, Barcelona, that elevated a league, elevated a country as far as the style of play, the way that people view the the world of football, right? If you mm-hmm. if you think of football, you think of Barcelona, you think of Real Madrid, you think of La Liga, um, and, and you know it's it's changing the dynamic there. You know, I think you're. We've. I'd love to get your thoughts here on on some of those you know power power rankings, if you will, from club and country. But, you know, we talked about last episode where Italy is, is making that progression to kind of move up that ranking of top five, you know, power five clubs in, in world football. I don't think they're above La Liga yet, but I think, you know, when you're losing the quality of a team like Barcelona, that you have to really look at it. Are they are they now three? Are they four? You know, it, it puts in perspective where how much stronger – Premier League and Bundesliga are compared to Serie A and and La Liga in my perspective. Yeah, and we'll we'll do power rankings on the next show as as like a segment and so we can kind of get more thoughts, but obviously the Barcelona downfall was started with a, a bad chairman who depended on Messi, burned Messi, made some very bad investments, you know, Philip Coutinho um for example, Griezmann didn't work out and so when they just feel like they they just knew Messi was never going to leave. And when he left the PSG, they had no backup plan. And then, you know, they're in financial ruin. They're they're selling players left and right, academy kids that they'd usually rely on. And now they've kind of built their way back up. And, you know, I was very I was very uh, positive on Xavi just because he he inherited a really bad situation and, and a lot of coaches failed before he even got there. So, but they're at a point now where they're a little bit more comfortable financially and they've, you know, been able to get a player like Jal Felix on loan. And that should, you know, he, he's a star and he should elevate. And, you know, Lewandowski has been pumping 25 plus goals a year for, I don't know, like seven seasons straight. And he just drops off the planet of the earth one year. I just find that, like, I don't think that's a coincidence, right? And maybe he has lost a step a little bit, and old age comes with that. But, you know, he's just completely lost all confidence. So we'll definitely dive into the the fate of Barcelona. But, you know, before the break here, um, just wanted to hit on one quick thing. You know, friends, Beckenbauer, um, just, uh, just, you know, died, unfortunately. May he rest in peace. I, you know, being a, a, a younger generation, I didn't really – know what he contributed to the soccer world but got to read a really good article on the athletic about it i recommend it um you know he won world cups as a player won world cups as a coach you know was kind of the the key of Bayern becoming the team they are he's i feel like he's kind of comparative of you know a johan Cruyff with ajax and barcelona as he you know built that uh Bayern munich empire so rest in peace to him and he's you know their kaiser yeah, good to see you know you catching up on some history here. Um, <laughs> not to not to make light of the situation, of course. He's he's a legend of the game, and uh, there'll be plenty of tributes throughout the week in the Bundesliga, which of course we'll also get you ready for here after the break. But yeah, I mean Daniel, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, you, you know, 
won everything you can think of. Of course, led West Germany to a, a World Cup title, not only as a player, but as a manager. Only three managers have done that. Three people in general in the world of football have done that. Two of them just passed away within the last 10 days, of course. And so that is, you know, one of those, those you people name that, uh, yeah, uh, Franz Beckenbauer, Zagola, and then Didier Deschamps is the only three people that have played and won as a manager. So, Very uh, you know, you wonder and you hope Didier Deschamps has a long, long life. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it just it just proves to you how how important he is. And you mentioned, you know, the way that he has transformed Bayern Munich to be the modern Bayern Munich. And, and without him. I don't think you're looking at Bayern Munich the same way that we are right now. Of course, he he also changed the position of of that sweeper position and just the way he played the game, uh, you know, and, and just dominated. And um, it's a it's a tremendous loss not only to to the German uh, to the German league and, and and everyone involved there, but to the world of football as well. One of those players that um, transcends boundaries and borders. And um, of course, like you said, rest in peace to him and, and thoughts and prayers to his family. But uh, he will be one of those players that you remember forever and we will always continue to talk about. So uh, like I said, uh, more to come on this is, of course, during the weekend here in the Bundesliga. But on the other side of the break, Daniel, a little bit more lighthearted side. Uh, we have predictions. It's Thursday for you guys. And like I said, Bundesliga is back. All the leagues are back this week. So we'll have a full slate of games. I'm sure Daniel has found me another nap game per usual but uh, we will dive into that on the other side of the break so stick around and we'll be right back and welcome back of course it is thursday that means predictions daniel finally we are not talking about cup games although we love the cup but these are the games that we live for as well the premier league bundesliga syria la liga and league are all back this weekend we have a full slate of games it's a it's a strange setup for the Premier League this this week as half the teams are off on winter break and then next week the remaining teams will be off on winter break but either way they're all back everyone is back full slate as always in case you are new to the show of course please follow us on X at full time roundup to interact with us uh, you can also download, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we do predictions on Thursdays. And Daniel chooses the games, fires them away. He always finds a game that I fall asleep to. So it's just a it's a running joke that there's a nap game here involved. And I'm sure there's one on the list here. So I'm going to pass it off to Daniel to start us off with a game in the Premier League as we usually do. First off, just want to say shout out to the Prem. You know, I don't get to watch every single Prem game because there's like seven games going at one time. But not only is there only four games, but they staggered the time. So you get to watch all the football. Shout out to you guys because there's a lot of leagues that just schedule all of them in one time frame, and it's super annoying to follow. So first off, a huge, huge relegation battle, a six-pointer, as you like to say, Matt. Burnley, Luton. What team needs to win more? And who do you think is going to win? Needs it more? Wow, that is a tough question. They are both, well, Burnley need it more just because Luton Agreed. is four points ahead of them in the table. Luton are only a point behind Everton right now to get out of the battle. Granted, there is a points deduction for Everton, but whether or not that's going to be rescinded or reduced, we don't know. Let's not take that into effect. Burnley need it more. Luton need it. It is a six-pointer, like you said. Give me Luton. Give me the Hatters. Two to one in this one. The Hatters. Okay. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. 
I think this will actually be one of those sneaky fun games because, you know, it, it means so much to these two teams that they're going to give, you know, everything they have. They've had a little bit of rest. So, you know, I don't. I think the quality will be pretty good. And I'm looking forward to this match. I'm going to say 2-2. Next, uh, we got United versus Spurs. We're going to learn a lot about these two teams as both are banged up. You know, we've already talked ad nauseum about both of these teams, but, you know, who who's gonna? It's at Old Trafford. Who who's gonna edge this one out? Man, Eric Ten Hag could use this one really badly. Uh, of course, it'll be interesting to see if um, Dagasen gets in the lineup for Spurs. Just signed his deal. I think it's officially done. Here we uh, go today. Uh, I do believe there was a here we go. Same with Eric Dyer going the other way to Bayern Munich. Uh, whether or not he gets in the lineup this quickly, I don't know. But they could use it. You're hearing rumors about. Mickey Van de Ven getting closer. That doesn't help this game either. So I'm trying to avoid this game because I really can't stand either side, Daniel. Um, I think it's going to be a high-flying affair. I, I think we've seen what Ange likes to do, and, and that doesn't change. Um, I think Eric Ten Hag is, is kind of in a, in a no-man's land right now as well. 2-2. Two, two. I'll go 2-2, two, two, similar to what you had before. Okay. I, I like that. I was actually leaning towards kind of a, a two, two draw here. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to switch it up here. I'm going to give, Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go two one Spurs. I just believe in them more than I believe in, um, in Ten Hag and his team. You, you're right. Dragusen 31 million announced today. I missed that uh, most expensive Romanian player ever. So that's, that's a pretty cool stat there. And then Dyer, you know, on his way out, which I'm sure Harry Kane's looking in that locker room, like, God damn it. You followed me here, but um, yeah, I'm going to go Spurs. I, I trust an Ange ball more than Ten Hag ball, but I actually do think this will be a very entertaining Sunday game to watch. And I'll be watching it with a United fan and a Spurs fan. So I will be stirring the pot like crazy. Like I love to do um, next game. Newcastle, Manchester City. Oh, God, is this going to be a demolition? It does feel that way. Kevin De Bruyne is back. Oh, Newcastle, no. Newcastle probably just lost two or three players in training today. Um, yeah, this one's not even close. 3-0, even though it's at St. James's Park. I don't think I don't think Newcastle are even in this one. Yeah, it's not going to be anything close. I mean, this could be, you know, De Bruyne is – Hey, hey, world! I'm back. You, you might have forgotten about me, but I'm I'm still him, and I think this could be that kind of you know vintage De Bruyne. So I'm gonna go and raise the stakes here. I'm gonna go like five nil. I think they could just beat the brakes off of Newcastle. Unfortunately, last um, time we had a five nil from Daniel, though it was one one. So just keep that in mind, folks. It was actually a nil nil. Nil nil. Sorry, it's still a draw. It still it still hurts me, so I'm, I don't want to lash out here. But to go to the sunny beaches of Spain, Real, uh, Athletic Bilbao versus Real Sociedad, two of the teams I like fighting for fourth, so I am extremely conflicted in this. I think Real Sociedad – no, Bilbao's at home. How does this match shake up? No Kubo. Uh, oh. First Asia Cup is, is starting now. Um Give me Bilbao at home. No Kubo. No know. Naki Williams, though. No Naki Williams, hand. but still, I think there's more there's more firepower on on Bilbao right now. Uh, of course, we've talked about how good Real Sociedad are, and they have a, a tough tough slog ahead in the Champions League. But I think Atleti Club 
Bilbao get this one done. 2-1 at home. I'm going to go 1-1. I think both teams are going to have to feel themselves out missing, you know, some key forwards. So I think it'll it might take a little bit for this match to pick up, but I feel like they they're going to have to figure out life without, you know, respectively one of their be- better players for each team. Um to go to Germany, Leipzig, Frankfurt. Frankfurt has clawed its way all the way up to, you know, top eight on the table. They, you know, have had some great victories, you know, Dortmund that I can think of. They absolutely killed Bayern. Um, is Leipzig going to be the next big fish they beat? Or are we going to, you know, you, I know you love Marco Rose. So how, how do you think How do you think this game finishes? He's out? my favorite. Let me just tell you, he's my favorite. Um, that's sarcasm, folks, in case you can't pick that up. Frankfurt up to sixth place on the table right now, which is so surprising considering what they lost. Of course, uh, Kula Mwani going to, to PSG over the summer. You thought that was kind of it for them, and they started slow, but they're they're kind of taking taking names right now. Um, never know what to get with, with RB Leipzig. Um, one nil. I, I, give me Frankfurt. One nil. One nil? Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, I keep saying the same scoreline, so I need to switch it up. I think Leipzig gets this one. I'm going to go 2-1, but I think it's going to be like a, a highly contested affair. Fairly equal. I, I would say Frankfurt's coach edges Leipzig's, but Leipzig's squad edges Frankfurt. So it's going to be, you know, the battle of the minds here. And I it's going to be, it's a tough prediction here, but I'm, I'm going to go and, and pick Leipzig just because they're at home. And I think that gives them just the little bit of edge they need to to get three points here. Um, to go to Italy, this is probably your nap game. Maybe I'm wrong, but AC Milan who need to win bad against a Roma team who's been pretty poor as of late. You know, they're still in the mix. Both teams are still in the mix to get top three. Definitely not in the title race, more than likely. But, you know, both are banged up. How does this, you know, finish out? Both need a win after losing in the cup, um, which we talked about earlier. Ooh, uh, zero, zero. I'm going to go with zero, zero on this one. <laughs> Uh, classic Mourinho fixture. I, I do think Milan win. I think they win one zero. They win ugly. I don't even. I don't think Mourinho will be on the touchline for this one either. I don't know if that makes a difference. But Liao got his goal that he's been wanting. Pulisic has been in good form. I just think they have a little bit more. But those defensive frailties scare me. So maybe it's a little bit more goals than I'm predicting here. But I'm going one nil at the San Siro. We don't usually do French games, but I did like this matchup, so I threw it on here. Lons at home versus PSG. You know, is this just another walk in the park for PSG? But I feel like they never have walks in the park anymore. I feel like it's, you know, a mid-performance after a mid-performance. Do you think they kind of, you know, click and get it all together here? 1-1. Wow. So they they draw. They draw. Okay. I think they draw. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know where. One one. Your your father would be ashamed. He um, be. but now he gonna... probably agree with me. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were actually telling me that over break he discovered the the French channel on on television was was so hype about it. So he gets to follow Lagoon. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 PSG. I think they get it done, but I, I still think it's going to be a scrappy affair. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll see what happens. Of course, the big news is Kylian Mbappe still figuring out where he's going to go. Not that that impacts the play on the field. We also talked about Hakimi and uh, Kang gone for for their various cups too. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I still think they win the league pretty easily, um, but I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period losing some of those players. And so we will see what happens. But Daniel, we have a full slate. Like I said at the beginning of the predictions, we're back where it's going to be a busy, busy weekend. We will try and catch them all. Of course, we will recap everything for you guys on Sunday. In the meantime, please interact with us on X at Full Time Roundup to let us know if there's any matchups that we missed, any games that we should put our TVs on, any players that stand out. As I believe, we will have our XI of the Week again that finally returns after a long break from the holidays on Sunday as well. So keep an eye out for some of the big players of the weekend. And of course, you can download, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. It goes a long way. And Daniel, as always, I know you're looking for goals, 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 but we will see you guys on Sunday.